Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wooden. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the 2012 Toyota Camry. Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there! So, yeah, there's been some interesting news about some tech personalities uh, yeah. lately, as of the time we're recording this, toward the end of November 2012. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot about people who have very strong personalities, people like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and, sure. um, you know, very, very powerful personalities. They're, uh, they may be friendly. They may be, you know, have thorny uh, anger management problems or whatever, yeah. but for the most part, you know, you can see a, a pretty good picture of the person involved. Um, and then there are other people uh, who you go, wait, what? what? Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah. We've, we've had a pretty big one of those toward the end of, the, of 2012. There's a spectrum of uh, of normal. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's some people who are further out on the edges of that spectrum. I would say people like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates are a little further out on that spectrum than others because they are very they were both very driven. Of course, Steve Jobs, unfortunately, uh, passed away, but both very driven individuals who were passionate about their interests and Mm -hmm. um, and both reportedly had uh, times when they were not the most pleasant of people to be around. That is true. So, so yeah, you've got that whole spectrum thing. Well, that we wanted to talk today about some people who kind of fall outside that spectrum 
to the point where you'd say, all right, either this person has something seriously wrong going on with them or perhaps the things that are being reported about this person are putting them in a really bad light. But in any way, they are clearly they're, – they're in a situation that is not normal and they themselves may not be what we would call normal. Right. Um, and the first one we wanted to talk about was the one who was in the news recently is John McAfee. Mm-hmm. And uh, McAfee is a, a guy who's – he's been known as being an eccentric – for uh, for more than a decade. Yes. Um, but McAfee, he was born in England and raised in Virginia. He went to Roanoke College and got a, a degree in mathematics from that college. Uh, he spent time as a programmer for NASA's Institute for Space Studies. Uh, mm-hmm. He worked for a couple of big companies. He worked for Univac. He worked for Xerox. Uh, 1978, he joined the Computer Sciences Corporation. Uh, and then he started working for Lockheed. Mm-hmm. And while he was working for Lockheed, that's when he started to develop the software that he has uh, really become known for. In fact, it shares his name, the McAfee antivirus software. Yes. Uh, while at Lockheed, he was uh, he, he became very interested in this idea of detecting and removing computer viruses mm-hmm. because they were just really starting to uh, to blossom at that time. We're talking about um, the late '80s and. You know, this is before we really get into the eras of uh, web. The web doesn't really exist yet. Actually, it doesn't exist yet mm-hmm. in the in the eighties. Um, and very few companies have access to some of the other internet um, functionalities, like you know, file transfer protocols or email. Although they do exist at this time, mm-hmm. but he was. You know, he, he could see that there was this rise in uh, computer viruses and that because computers uh, follow directions, there are ways of creating directions that make your computer do things that you won't, don't necessarily want it to do, whether that's uh, completely filling up a hard drive with meaningless information and bricking it or uh, installing some sort of uh, of, of uh, uh, Trojan program that protects a nasty piece of malware from being detected. He was um, very much dedicated to creating software that would uh, that would find that and remove it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, it's interesting to note uh, a little bit about his his background. And um, I, I read not too long ago a, a a piece from released by Wired called "John McAfee's Last Stand" by uh, Joshua Davis. Yes, they also uh, have a. A, an ebook available yeah. on Amazon that you can purchase. I think it's ninety nine cents, and I think it's a. I want to say it's thirteen chapters, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's not a, a long, long book, but no. it's it's you know more than an article. Yeah, because uh, apparently this guy from Wired was there for like six months. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he he had been um, you know as he was working for a uh, you know companies like Omex. Um, in the early 1980s, I mean, he was a, a pretty heavy drug user. Apparently, he yeah. uh, used cocaine, quaaludes. Um, you know, he uh, he had been a pretty heavy drinker before that, even in his college days. It looks like, um, and uh, apparently got to a point where he decided, you know, that was it. He wasn't going to do this anymore, and he really straightened up, um, cleaned up. And this was, you know, this was before he he really got the idea to to go in and do this himself to yeah. launch his own company. Um, so, and, and, you know, it's not that I necessarily want to uh, smear mud on John McAfee so no. much as I, I think it provides some context 
for for the kinds of things that happen later on in his life. Sure, and uh, he he made some interesting decisions with that software that he created. One of those was that he uh, decided upon the shareware distribution model, yeah, which ended up being a very effective way for him to get that software out there on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 87, he formed um, McAfee Associates, which was essentially in charge of, of creating this McAfee antivirus software. Uh, but it wasn't that much longer. I mean, it was just in 94 when he resigned from the company. And, and a couple of years later, he sold his his stake uh, in the company entirely mm-hmm. and just completely got away from it. Um, at one point, I hear that he was valued at around $100 million. Mm-hmm. He himself stated that due to the uh, economic depression and, and downturn and, and all these other issues, that he was reduced to closer to $4 million uh, after that was all over. Although more recently, in 2012, he said that that was probably not entirely accurate. That he, <laughs> may, he may in fact have had a bit more than $4 million. Um, and this is where we start getting into some pretty strange stuff. Um, he, one thing was that he was really interested in this, this concept of quorum sensing. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, quorum sensing, especially when it refers to uh, bacteria, is a way of uh, that bacteria have of reacting in a certain manner, and that manner is completely dependent upon how much bacteria is present at that time. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, if you were to provide a stimulus to these bacteria, they would provide a response that would be based mostly upon how many other. Uh, 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 instances of that bacteria are present. So if there is X number or greater, it will respond one way. But if it's fewer than that, it will respond a different way. And uh, um, McAfee said that he was doing this in order to try and develop new uh, antibiotics, antibacterial treatments, things that could help humans uh, in a medicinal way. And he relocated to, to Belize, which is in Central America, mm-hmm. Uh, the only country in Central America, by the way, for which English is the official language. Hmm. Although, from what I understand, it is not the most prevalent language spoken there. It is, however, the official one. Anyway, he moved to Belize, um, created this uh, lab in his home. He had a, a apparently a pretty large compound there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has a, a lab at that compound that uh, was, from what he was saying, all about studying this stuff to try and create uh, better medicines, uh, mostly medicines that he was looking at. He was looking at a lot of um, uh, natural uh, elements, things that were um, found out in rainforests, things like that, as the, the key to these sort of uh, medicines. That's what he was claiming. Yeah. He, <clears throat> it would seem that his, his entrepreneurial spirit hasn't completely left. Because he's he's done this. He's also uh, even apparently tried to come up with a a sport uh, uh, when he was living. Trekking. Yes, when he was living uh, out in the southwest. Now this is before he moved to, to Belize. Belize yeah. Um. Apparently, um, I, I was listening to a radio report from someone who had been, uh, you know, who had met McAfee more than once, and he said, "Yeah, I, I want you to come out here and check out this new sport." Apparently, uh, in aero trekking, you're supposed to fly. I don't know. Uh, 
very, very close to the ground. Yeah. Um, the idea is you, you fly very low to the ground using uh, some form of aircraft. It might even be a hang glider with a motor attached to it. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that you are flying close to the ground so that you get that real sense of speed and danger from being, you know, just uh, uh, a very short distance away from crashing to a, a, a potential uh, terrible injury or death. And in fact, um, McAfee was involved in a wrongful death lawsuit that was the result of a, a person dying from uh, an arrow trekking accident. Um, so, I mean, this was... You know, he, he's known as a daredevil as well as many other things, which we'll, I guess we can kind of segue into. Now, this is going to get really weird, folks, because here, here's the thing is that we, there are a lot of different reports. There's what McAfee has said through – or we presume it's McAfee yes. through various blogs and Twitter account, uh, Twitter messages, things like that. There are things that he has said. There are things that people who know him have, have said. There's things that journalists who have uh, investigated this have said. And honestly, uh, we don't have the whole story. Um, but it doesn't no matter, always match up. Yeah, no matter who's telling the story, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, it is known that the, the Belize police have uh, visited him on more than one occasion. Yes, their their gangs unit actually uh, raided his house in April 2012. The gang suppression unit in Orange Walktown, Belize. They raided his home under suspicion that his laboratory was actually producing crystal meth, mm-hmm. that that was, in fact, what he was interested in making and not um, medicine. And, in fact, there are there are journalists, there are bloggers who have said that um, uh, that that McAfee was very active in online discussion forums that were dedicated to drug manufacture, like as in illicit drugs yes. or, or recreational drugs. Um, Although and, there is a woman who um, he talked into a job offer to come down and work on uh, medicinal drugs as well. Right. So the, again, this is – there are conflicting reports. Right. So so it could be that these reports that he was the one who was on these recreational drug sites, maybe that wasn't him You know, because they, they were using uh, – uh, pseudonyms, I mean, handles. They weren't, yeah. it wasn't just him there. Uh, but, uh, Gizmodo published a report that very much seemed to indicate that he was one of the people on this recreational drug forum. Right. Talking about trying to perfect a, a, a typical kind of drug that would, um, well, it was supposed to enhance his, uh, uh, his sexual experiences as well as give a, uh, sense of euphoria and supposedly would create a very uh, gradual and mellow um, come down afterward. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and he the the guy who was posting under this name posted a lot about this particular kind of drug. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not that was John McAfee, however, is still a question. Right now. One of the things that people have said is that the drugs that he was talking about often can create a sense of paranoia in someone who's using those drugs. Right. Now, again, whether or not McAfee was using those drugs is a, is a question that's left open. However, I think it's safe to say that paranoia is something he has felt. Yes. Uh, he has, he has demonstrated, uh, paranoid tendencies. Now, again, there's always that joke. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. <laughs> but, 
we can't really say that, but we can definitely say that he has shown some uh, some paranoid tendencies. One of those is uh, trying to evade the police. Now, as of the recording of this podcast, which is at the end of November 2012, he's still on the run from police in Belize. And uh, the reason why the police are interested in him is that someone who lived near him, uh, Gregory Viant Fall, was found shot dead uh, a few, well, several meters away from uh, from McAfee's property, mm-hmm. and uh, Fall and McAfee had a history of some uh, arguments, yes. some some uh, some disagreements. Uh, one of which was that Fall said that uh, McAfee McAfee's dogs, when I think McAfee owned like eleven dogs. But that his dogs were barking all the time and that was driving Fall crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the other issues that happened recently was that several of uh, McAfee's dogs, I think four of them, died of poisoning. Yes. So uh, the implication here, and again, this is all unfolding, so we don't have the full information. But the implication is that perhaps Fall or someone that Fall knows poisoned the dogs and that perhaps there was an act of retribution against Fall. Mm-hmm. So uh, when the... The news first broke. It sounded like McAfee was not just a person of interest, but a suspect. Uh, since then, Belize police have said, no, he's not a suspect. We just want to talk to him because we want to find out who killed Fall. Mm-hmm. It's uh, possible that perhaps someone around McAfee killed Fall for McAfee, not necessarily on McAfee's command. Yeah. Because as it turns out, McAfee has seemingly started to hang out with some pretty rough customers in Belize. Yep, the photography that that accompanies the uh, Wired uh, book includes some people with some very large guns. Yeah, the 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 stories and, are essentially. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a guns are pretty heavily restricted in Belize yeah. too. So the story essentially is that it sounds like McAfee has um, formed relationships with several of the the drug gangs in Belize. Now it may be that. He was uh, doing this in an attempt to get hold of materials for his legitimate medical, you know, uh, research. That could be the case. Mm-hmm. It would not be necessarily the wisest move a person has ever made to get involved <laughs> with drug lords. No. But that's a possibility. Now, a lot of other people are saying, no, what's happening is McAfee got involved with them so he could get the ingredients he needed to make the recreational drugs that he was interested in, mm-hmm. which again, we don't know. Um, so uh anyway it's possible that maybe one of these you know gang members that he hangs out with committed the murder and it wasn't McAfee at all. So we don't know if McAfee uh shot Fall or if someone McAfee knows shot him or if it was just some random crime. Uh that seems that seems the most unrealistic of the various possibilities but we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um so McAfee's been on the run and has been posting or at least there have been blog posts attri- attributed to McAfee mm-hmm. that have posted in his absence that have made things sound even more strange. For instance, that McAfee has been uh, using elaborate disguises to to hide in plain sight. Yes, he uh, appeared as a, a German um, tourist, basically using profanity and just shouting at people randomly or uh, uh, tried to uh, uh, disguise himself and, and hunch over so that he didn't appear as tall as he normally is and uh, spoken heavily uh, 
accented English trying to sell trinkets to uh, – he said even uh, – or this person said he even uh, attempted to sell something to a, an Associated Press reporter who didn't recognize him. Yeah, a wooden dolphin. Yes. Uh, the the uh, reporter suddenly had a uh, an urgent call to attend to. Yeah. He's, in the blog post, McAfee, assuming it is McAfee, claimed yes. that he nearly sold one of these trinkets before uh, the AP reporter was called away. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, was we'll it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Run! 
So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the Belize police have been asking him to turn himself in so that he can talk about whatever it is that happened to fall. Like, who who could have possibly killed him and to clear his name? Mm-hmm. McAfee, in turn, has said that, uh, or at least according to these reports and according to people who know him, who say they've talked to him, says that he doesn't want to go into police custody because he firmly believes that the police will kill him once he's in their custody. Yeah, he um he even reacted to the uh that's the why he's on the run now actually was because when the um when the police showed up, he thought they were coming to hassle him again, so he he more that's what he says anyway, so he escaped before they could catch him. Yeah. He um so anyway, he's saying that the police are definitely going to kill him if they take him into custody. Uh, he's also at one point apparently suggested that uh, that fall Fall's death was really meant uh, was that there was a hit gone wrong that was meant to hit McAfee and, and instead hit Fall. Hmm. Um, that was one of the other possibilities I heard about a couple of weeks before we recorded this podcast. Um, so it's it, these are these are definitely tendencies that we would classify as paranoid. Yeah. Um, and honestly, again, we don't know all the information. It may be that perhaps McAfee is a very eccentric, but otherwise mostly innocent person. Now it's true that his personal life also has some other complications. Uh, apparently he, uh, has several people living at that compound with him, including several, uh, young women. Yes. With whom he often has sexual relations and including one who, is identified over and over as a 17-year-old girlfriend. Yeah. But then there are other women uh, in, in, at that compound as well. And so, I mean, they're, they're definitely – it's kind of this weird, larger-than-life, odd David Lynch sort of story thing. Like if, if I saw this in a film, I would think the Coen brothers made it. Yeah. You know, it's just It's just so weird. When you think of somebody who has gone down in history as – uh, coming up with a very successful tech product, um, you know, you you don't typically think of that. You think of somebody like uh, Jobs or Gates or um, maybe Larry Ellison. Uh, you know, some some people who they've got lots of money, they live a, a jet setter's lifestyle. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you don't really typically think of, you know, when you hear something like, "Well, John McAfee is a person of interest in this murder case." And you go, really, right? That's just strange. But, but you know, the reason why we wanted to do this podcast was not just to talk about, about McAfee, although that was, you know, the, the main the main focus, but also to talk about some other people in technology who have displayed odd traits. Well, yeah, that was that was the second thing that came to my mind was, you know, well, he's, he's not alone. I mean, I was thinking specifically when I talked to Jonathan about this, about um, uh, a man named Hans Reiser, who yes. I, also whom I read about in, in Wired. Uh, several years ago, um, when he was at that point accused of murdering his wife, um, and uh, it was just strange to me because he was—he's um, known for—he's um, not as famous as as uh, a John McAfee would be, right? But he is known for his Riser FS. It's a file system for uh, for computers to store files and apparently is extremely efficient. Yeah. Um very popular among among a certain crowd. Yeah, very um, very popular in various Linux distributions. Yes, yes. Um and then, you know, I, and here again I'm going, wait, this 
this person who's you know famous within a certain uh, tech community is um, you know is, is wanted for murder. This is so strange. Yeah, he he married a woman named Nina Sharanova. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently uh, they met in Russia. Yeah, I believe so. That and that has raised questions as to you know was that an arranged marriage kind of thing? But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, whether that is or not, she, she turned up missing, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually, I know it's, a, it's an odd odd phrase, right? Uh, but she turned up missing, and then uh, her body was found, and eventually uh, Hans Reiser was taken into custody, and. Uh, he was tried. He was convicted. He ended up um, getting a – originally he was uh, tried under first-degree murder. Yeah. Uh, but it was reduced to second-degree murder in a plea deal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that goes beyond being odd, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, but yeah, certainly uh, an example of someone who created something very influential in technology who ended up having some very severe problems. Yeah. Well, he had um – he had claimed that uh, she had left the country and gone back to Russia, and um, you know had th- there was nothing nothing there untoward. Of course, um, the police had well, they didn't have the body. They didn't know you know for sure whether she was missing or or dead, and um, they found his car with um, some blood stains of hers in it, um, and an inch of water on the floorboard apparently, and uh, he was trying to explain how he you know tried to clean out his car with water and how he was surprised to find out that car manufacturers don't put a hole in the floor so that water will drain out and all sorts of things apparently that made the jury shake their heads. And then finally he just said, you know, look, this is what happened. Um, but it's just very, very thing, a uh, very, very weird thing. I, yeah. I should say, I meant I left out a word there, um, <laughs> to, to see something like that happen. And, and, uh, you know, it's strange. If you want to hear about some more, uh, here, do some more eccentric ones. These are not okay. nearly as grim. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, our buddy Tesla. Oh, yes, Nikola Tesla. Internet darling Tesla. You guys <laughs> love Tesla. I just have to say, whenever we talk about Tesla, we get lots of emails Daring and messages. And, yes, he's right behind Chris. Uh, his picture, anyway. Uh, Tesla, yeah, one of those guys that everyone, uh, on the internet seems to adore. Um, also kind of an odd fellow. Oh, uh, extremely so. Had a lot of compulsions that he would um, he would bow to all the time. One of them was an obsession with the number three. Apparently, uh, he made it a habit that before going into a building, he would walk around the block three times mm-hmm. before entering. I've read reports that he would always have stacks of – three stacks of napkins, uh, and the napkins had to be – in uh, a number that's divisible by three, mm-hmm. um, although the number has uh, changed depending upon which source I was reading. There was one that said nine and one that said eighteen. Uh, but you know, he he had uh, uh, anything that was that had the number three in it. That was something that was very important to him. He wanted to stay in hotel rooms that were. Only the room number needed to be divisible by three. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lived in a hotel. He didn't. Uh you know, have an apartment or a house or. Yeah, he, uh, he also was a germaphobe and, mm-hmm. um, he hated the thought of anything dirty. He didn't, you know, he was extremely, uh, uh obsessed with cleanliness. Uh, not necessarily a bad thing until it goes a little too far. He apparently hated jewelry mm-hmm. and round objects. 
Now, Grant, if you're, if you're creating a Tesla coil, round ob- objects might kill you. So maybe that's why. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, there was just these weird little things. And, and of course, his eccentricities became more and more pronounced as he got you know, closer to his death. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he kind of had a, a pretty sharp decline. And part of that was probably brought on by the stress and anxiety he felt by, you know, feeling like, legitimately so, but feeling like he had been um, cheated out of his spot in the limelight for quite some time when other um, other people were getting patents on inventions that he felt he was the rightful inventor of, and therefore he should be the one holding the patent. Um, kind of a tragic life, really, when you uh, when you look at the whole story. Although he did yeah. some amazing things, I mean, you know, alternating current and Tesla coils, radio. I mean, again, radio is one of those big ones where. Yeah. He originally had the patent, and then the patent office famously reversed their decision on his patent and gave it to Marconi, and that was uh, that was a big slap in the face. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but he's not the only famous tech guy who had some weird personality quirks. Uh, Samuel Morse, another one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Morse, now this is an unpleasant one to talk about. Of course, uh, he's, uh, he's known for his involvement with the telegraph. Yep, patented the telegraph. He also, uh, he also built, I didn't realize this. In my research, I found out he had built a marble cutting machine, hmm. like to cut slabs of marble into three-dimensional sculptures. He was hmm. not able to get a patent on it because there was a patent for a previous device that did essentially the same thing, but he did invent one. Hmm. Um, so he was paranoid as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he was you know like McAfee, very paranoid. Although his paranoia was was <laughs> painted against very broad groups. Uh, notably the Catholics. He was Protestant, and he believed that Catholics were going to wipe out Protestants. Um, he also apparently thought that the nation of Austria was dedicated to destroying Protestants, and he even ran for the mayor of New York City under the Nativist Party, and the Nativist Party was uh, an anti-immigration party. Mm-hmm. They didn't want any immigrants coming into the United States. Um and and his his uh, prejudices went well beyond Catholics and and Aust- Austrians. He also uh, seemed to hold several uh, pretty strong negative opinions about uh, people who are Jewish, mm-hmm. uh, as well as he defended uh, the institution of slavery. Now you got to remember, yeah. you know, Morse is active in the mid nineteenth century, so this is even before the Civil War. But he w- he defended slavery, saying essentially. That it was uh, it was part of the divine plan, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know he he created something that ended up being instrumental in our communications network, and really laid the foundation for what would become later on our our telephone network, and then even beyond that, the internet itself. You're talking about this is like the beginning of all of that, mm-hmm. uh, and yet. Also held these these beliefs and uh, seemed to have some pretty crazy ideas. I mean, the idea that that there was this this organized conspiracy to wipe out a certain segment of the population was a little odd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've got one. This one's more fun or weird. And less again grim or gloomy, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, and again this this was something I read on a blog post that was about people who showed odd tendencies, you know, people in technology. So, um, uh, but uh, the it was about Yoshiro Nakamatsu, who was the guy who uh, held the most patents ever, like three thousand. Wow. Um, he invented compact discs, digital 
or DVDs. He also uh, did uh, digital watches, mm-hmm. um, lots and lots of stuff. Apparently, his little eccentricity is that he writes down everything he eats. He, re- he make, makes a record of it. And he has a specific goal, a very particular goal, to live to be 144 years old. Wow. And uh, the the thing that makes up the majority of his diet is what the blog called Yummy Nutri Brain Food which was a combination of seaweed, cheese, yogurt, eel, eggs, beef, and chicken liver. And also, he had a very interesting way of inspiring himself to get new ideas for inventions. Mm -hmm. He would submerge himself in a tub of water and then hold his breath until he could not possibly hold his breath a moment longer, to the point where he said that he was a half second away from drowning. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says it was the depletion of oxygen that is integral for the act of inspiration. Hmm. So that's interesting. I do not recommend that. <laughs> In fact, I would like to currently say, with all sincerity, don't do that. <laughs> there are better ways of coming up with good ideas. <laughs> well, the longevity um, argument that he makes sort of reminds me of Ray Kurzweil, whom we've talked about before and who – uh, believes that we are reaching the point at which uh, the singularity is very likely to occur, the point where, you know, basically people will be able to, you know, with technological help, become immortal. Right. Uh, essentially. And, um, uh, you know, he has been on a uh, very strict um, diet for quite some time and, and taking uh, certain vitamins and things, antioxidants that, that he hopes will preserve um, his physical body until the point where it can be transferred, I guess, to a uh, uh, cybernetic state. But, um, you know, that's one of those things where you think of um, Kurzweil and all these things that uh, he's done in, in terms of um, uh, learning technologies and uh, music. And, you know, you hear something else and you go, well, that's that's kind of unusual. But, um, you know, again, that's that's more of a that's sort of fun and not so uh, not so deep. Jonathan's got an unusual look on his face. Did you find something else? I was just looking at some other things Nakamatsu has done. Oh, okay. Apparently, he has a million-dollar toilet room made completely out of gold. Okay, That then. helps him think better. Whatever uh, helps, I suppose. And he has a vertical moving room in his house, which you must not call an elevator. Yeah. Yeah, um... Also, a lot of his inventions are kind of those wacky inventions, like the patent stuff that he's got. Not all of the patents are um, necessarily uh, things that you would think of as being actually useful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of uh, the Mr. Popeil of Japan, apparently. <laughs> Pocket fisherman. Yeah. Anyway, so, so clearly uh, – Genius can sometimes come with some uh, some little weird quirks. Yes. Sometimes quirks that can lead to pretty tragic outcomes. Hopefully, uh, we'll see more of the fun, weird quirks than the uh, the ones that are going to create uh, dark news items. Because goodness, I certainly don't want any more of those. Hmm. But 
And that kind of wraps up our discussion here. There are plenty of other examples, and I'm sure there are, there are probably giants in the technology industry out there who have uh, personality issues or personality uh, traits that we would find endlessly fascinating, but we don't know about them because they've kept them under wraps. <laughs> That's my goal, to keep all of my personality quirks under wraps. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't post them to Twitter all the time. Um, but that wraps up this discussion, and if you guys have any suggestions for future episodes of Tech Stuff, I highly recommend you get in touch with us. Send us an email. Our address is techstuff at discovery.com or drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle there is techstuff, H-S-W. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the 2012 Toyota Camry. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.